Could Sean McVay actually flip teams in Los Angeles and end up coaching Justin Herbert and the Chargers? And, and what about the Sam Howell story? Is he the future quarterback in Washington? All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office with elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter, on the threads, everywhere you can find us on socials. And, of course, you can find us every day here on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast, make sure you're subscribed up to the new YouTube channel. And if you're watching us live, make sure you hit the like button, hit that notification. So, you know, next time we go live, we're talking NFL every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Camps are getting close now, Matt. Only a couple Mm -hmm. weeks out from camps opening and that New York Jets hard knocks camp even opening uh, a week earlier, I believe. Yeah. And for me, Two weeks from today, Thursday, will be my first night that I sleep in the dorms in Latrobe, PA for Steeler Camp. Like, I'll be moved in today and do a show next two Thursdays from now and stay in there basically five or six days a week. And like you said, Jets are right around the corner. Um, You and I talked about this off the air. I warn people because as soon as camp opened, everyone thinks there's just going to be this flood of news. Well, there's like three or four days where it's just helmets. You know, they have this acclimation period. And yeah, they'll be early. Yeah, right, 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 right. You know, and and there are a lot of local coverage things. You know, boy, this guy looks good or he's running with the ones. But there's not as much national news as you think. But I am excited for it to start. Let's start here today with a question from Michael about the Los Angeles Chargers. It's a two-part question. Actually, actually, before that, sorry, I want to go to Anna first. And she doesn't have a question for us, but she uh, hit me up on Twitter, and I really appreciate Anna. She said, love the Peacock and Williamson podcast, listen to every episode, and love the football analysis and commentary. Being a female, I don't have any friends who are obsessed with the NFL like me, so it's fun to have this podcast and talks about sharing uh, parts of our podcast with her, her family, her brother and her dad and stuff. So uh, fantastic from Anna. Shout out to Anna. If you are an everyday listener, hope you're listening right now, Anna, and we appreciate you and all the female listeners out there. And I love hearing from the ladies that are listening to the podcast because, uh, you know, a lot of dudes out there that, that are that are podcasting with us every day. So uh, if you are oh, a female yeah. listener, please let us know. I always love hearing about that. Michael says, don't think it would happen given the locations, but I would trade the Peyton package for McVay today and drive Staley to the airport if it was on the table. <laughs> Imagine Sean McVay with Justin Herbert. And at first when I saw this, I was like, I don't even know if this is worthy of the, the podcast because Michael's a Chargers fan and, you know, he's, you know, allowing himself to dream a little bit. And then I was thinking, okay, well, Sean McVay was already pretty close to, to walking away from the Rams last year to the booth. What if the Rams look at this thing like, and we talked about this with, uh, you know, the, the coach hot seats and, and stuff, and you're not going to fire Sean McVay. He's too valuable. Mm-hmm. But what if McVay's like kind of ready to go and it's like, okay, you let him retire, you get nothing. But what if you get a couple of first round picks and that'll help you restart that, that rebuild that you're probably going to have to have if you are the Rams. And we've seen how those extra picks help the Seattle Seahawks get better a lot faster. 
And I, I, maybe it's not even that crazy. Sean McVay might look at it and say, well, I, I don't have to move. I can just stay in Los Angeles and just coach right, right. the other team. Now, would ownership, like, are they cool with each other? Would they butt heads on this? Would it, would it be like one of those things where, you know, ownership's like, oh, over my dead body. Because there's always that one team, right? right? Over my dead body, would I let McVay go to that team in this town? I cannot let that happen, right? But you've already got your ring. Could this be, is this pie in the sky is this too crazy of a scenario to possibly happen over the course of the next off season i think it's worth bringing up on july 13th i don't think it's worth bringing up in week three of the season you know when there's a lot more to talk about but it is kind of interesting and maybe that's a new approach i mean i'm open to the league changes very rapidly and the, the saints were in big trouble i mean massive cap issues didn't have a first round pick and then they got back in the first round because they're you know they had an asset that they weren't using that they turned into picks. So maybe, maybe, maybe McVeigh and ownership said, "We know how this is going to go for a year or two. Why don't you scratch my back? I'll scratch your back. You keep the culture going. Try to win as long as you can, and I'll ship you to more or less the team of your choice that's interested, and you'll help us by getting us picks and maybe." Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup are in that same conversation. You know, the five of them sit down and say, guys, we know that you're our only things that we got going for us right now. Do what you can for those as long as possible. We're going to entertain offers for all of you. And we're going to turn Cup, Stafford, McVeigh, Donald into three first-round picks and three second-round picks. And we're going to have a terrible pick, too. And that's how we're going to jump up interest. And we're going to promote the offensive coordinator, a quarterback's coach, you know. Hold the keep the seat warm for him. You know, I'm was, just making stuff up, but it would certainly create headlines in LA. It would be more interesting than just being mediocre or bad for five straight years. And the other thing is if organizationally you're like, okay, look, we went all in on this to go win a Super Bowl and it worked. We got our ring. Let's go all in on the rebuild. Let's go all in the other right, way. Right, right, right. If that's how we do things as an organization, let's not half-ass any of this. Let's go all in. So that's maybe it's not as crazy. Well. Maybe it's not as crazy if ownership's okay with seeing McVeigh in the same town on the other side, right? Or would he be like, "No, we got it's you know it's in the AFC, it's not in the NFC." I mean, it's attractive to McVeigh. I mean, I think that'd be part of it too. Is like, right? Well, maybe one of the suitors is the Chargers, and you know, I think he recently got married. I think they've shown like draft clips of his awesome house. Not that he couldn't have an awesome house in Chicago or green Bay too. I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine, <laughs> but maybe he loves LA and you know, like we'll just walk across town and boy, that would be attractive. We'll give you Justin Herbert. And you know, um, I don't know. I mean, of course, but to your point, this organization has proven, I mean, they even had first round picks since Jared Goff. They have proven that they look at the league and their ways of winning different than everybody else. They went 100% in the deep end to win it. Why not do the exact same thing to lose it and then eventually win it again, you know? Uh, the other part of Michael's question, uh, with a little bit more foundation in reality here, he says, are we sleeping on the Chargers wide receiver core, big if healthy as a top three unit? Allen, Williams, mm -hmm. Johnston as your top three and, you know, not a horrible four and five receiver with Palmer and Guyton. And, of course, you've got a really good receiving back there. And uh, not to mention the offense gets Slater back at left tackle. Second year of Zion uh, Zion at, uh, yeah, yeah. at guard, new offensive coordinator. 
I mean, that's, yeah, that's the other side of this question is instead of driving Staley to the airport, what if all of this comes together and you're talking about re-upping Staley's contract instead after this season? Yeah. Oh, I think that's possible too. You know, I mean, this team is loaded. I just checked because I know it was bad. Only the Saints are in worse salary cap situation a year from now when this season ends. So it's kind of now or never. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't restructure things and Herbert's not going anywhere, but you haven't even paid him yet. So I always think about that with the Chargers is they have a lot of money invested in like five or six older dudes, including Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, but on paper, it's a top five offense, don't you think? I mean, just the players yeah. they have, you know, I mean, uh, just what they look like on paper, including the quarterback, I think it's as about as good as any. I mean, like, yeah. I, th- I would put the Niners weapons over them. But if you include Eckler as a pass catcher, and I think Everett's not a slouch, and those three receivers, I mean, everyone's raving about, like, Seattle. I might take these pass catchers, including the running back over Seattle. You know I mean? Similar receiving core. Absolutely. You like the offensive line. You love the running back in Eckler. They've, they've got mm-hmm. talent at wide receiver if, if those guys are healthy, and, and we'll see what Johnston looks like, the first-round receiver. So, um, you know, Allen can uncover with the best of them as long as he's on the field. Yeah. Justin Herbert. So, yeah, I can buy that. So, real quick on Allen and Williams, too. I like the Johnson pick, too, because I mentioned I don't think Williams and Allen will be back next year, Just or at least one of them. You're going to have to move on. You staggered your receivers nicely. Johnson's also a different style than both them. Good run after the catch guy, that type of thing. But I also – I've been playing a lot of uh, best ball fantasy stuff, too. And it shocks me how low Williams and especially Allen go. I think there's this misconception that Allen has hit the, the the age wall. He was just injured last year. When he was on the field, he was as productive as ever. And Herbert, when third and seven, it's going to Keenan Allen for eight yards. And even Mike Williams, I understand, is untrustworthy. Teams fear him, though. If you watch all 22 of the Chargers, they're more worried about him. You know, he's a dangerous player. Next, we've got a question about Sam Howell and the crazy story of a fifth-round pick, quarterback, and kind of given the keys in Washington in a really pivotal year for those commanders. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Our uh, eBay Motors teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, whether uh, it's uh, week one or week 15 or you, you're preseason mode right now doing your best ball stuff, we're going to provide you with the players that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway this upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on our week's Uh, our weekly eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And since we're talking Chargers already, how about Austin Eckler? Maybe if you don't have the first pick in the draft and you you can't get McCaffrey, you don't want to go Justin Jefferson wide receiver. What about Austin Eckler in round one? Uh, Who has the most TDs scored combined the last two seasons? Well, that's electric Los Angeles Chargers running back Austin Eckler. 38 scores since 2021. Uh, receiving first role, make him a guaranteed fit for your PPR leagues and a high draft pick in your fantasy leagues. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. 
air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sam Howell's an interesting one here, and we got a question from... I believe it was Josh. And Josh's question is, uh, is the commander starting Sam Howell, the craziest quarterback story of the offseason that no one is talking about, Matt? Sort of. Um, this might be a whole segment because I think it's really interesting. And a couple things. I think it would be crazier, bonkers, you know, more bonkers if Jacoby Brissett wasn't in the mix. You know, we talked some Brown stuff, I think, last week about how good a week uh, of a year Brissett had. And I, I do think Brissett's one of the best 32 quarterbacks on the planet right now and is a good player, not a great above average quarterback, but there's a very nice trampoline there, at least for this year. Now, I'll be honest, I'm still a little baffled why Ritter, Willis, Howe, and to a lesser extent Corral, because I just wasn't as big on Corral coming out of school, were not second round type players or just didn't go earlier with how being the latest of those going first pick in the fifth round you know, behind Bailey Zappi even which blows there was and we talked about it this draft cycle and it happens a lot there were yeah. reports uh and I don't remember who it was but prominent reports from people that are insiders like hey watch out for Sam Hell maybe even late round one some teams really like him yeah fifth round fifth round and the commanders might think wow we pulled one over on the league but they drafted four guys before they pulled the trigger on him, too. I mean, it's kind of the old Tom Brady thing. Like, they didn't wait till 199 for Tom Brady because they knew it was going to be Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I kind of lump him and Ritter together because I just double-checked. Hal played one game last year. Ritter only played four. They're both the same draft class. They didn't bring in massive competition for either. It looks like both – Ritter's definitely going to start, but it looks like both are – at least encouraged from the coaching staff. They're with these guys every day. We're not. I mean, having been in buildings and things, maybe they're dead wrong, but they know 10,000 more than we do. Maybe they looked at how after his first season and said, I can't believe we got him in the fifth round. What a, what a steal. But with Washington, and this isn't the case with Atlanta, I think so much of it has to do with the ownership change. You know, like back when Lamar was on the trade block or, you know, out there for anyone to sign, I couldn't believe Washington wouldn't give up, what, the 17th pick in next year's first for Lamar Jackson. I mean, they weren't even early picks. So I wonder if they're just in a holding pattern until the new owner says, go get, you know, like Carolina, go up and trade for Bryce Young next year. You know, we just need to wait a year. That's interesting. And I wonder if there's, you know, because a lot of teams try to do a lot of things and aren't able to do it, whether it's trade up in the draft, trade for veteran players. So who knows what was talked about and what was done. And I know Washington's tried hard the last couple of years to get guys and, um, you know, ended up with a, a real odd situation last year and ended up with Wentz. Right. And then um, 
And Sam Howell, you know, didn't fall on his face in his one start last year and completed 58% of his passes, a touchdown, interception, you know, just, and, and, you know, there were some good reports about how they felt about him progressing as a rookie. And, you know, going in, I think most people had him as better than a fifth round pick. But like, look, uh, it it shouldn't be thought of as that crazy if Brock Purdy, for a a team that's trying to win a Super Bowl, that's Super Bowl ready Mm -hmm. to go the last pick in the draft, drafted two rounds after Sam Howell. And nobody's questioning that he's going to be their guy this year. We saw a bigger sample of him at the end of the year, obviously, which helps. But um, I guess it's not that crazy. And if it doesn't work, then you're you're back at it again. I love this strategy. I love this so much more than starting Andy Dalton all year and winning two or three more games because of it if he's not good. And if he is good, good job. He's got a fifth-round starting quarterback. Uh, yeah, I like the approach. Big picture and trying to win week one going into the season with a quarterback room of Howe and Brissett, as opposed to, you said Dalton, but I was even thinking somebody higher pedigree, like a Mayfield or a Trubisky or a Wentz, you know, like one of those early picks that's basically flopped and just hope that you could be the well, team that rejuvenated, you know? That's probably why, because they already did like the Wentz no, thing. They've done that like, stuff, no, yeah. Why'd we do that? We're trading picks and it's like, that's not going to help us. Let's, let's, this guy's got talent. He's got a great arm. He's athletic. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he's got. I mean, I think I'd rather start him than Mayfield right now. You know, thinking about you know, other starting quarterbacks right now. I mean, they're, I, I like that room better than Tampa Bay's room. And who's to say Sam Dow, Sam Howell, who's you know not shaped a lot different than Baker Mayfield, would have yeah. been thought of more of a prospect if he had better talent around him. Maybe went transferred and went to a different school or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know. and if you recall, his second to last year at North Carolina was really, really good. He had Javante Williams and Michael Carter. And then the last year, he had very little around him. He lost all his guys, and he started running a ton just because of desperation. So, you know, maybe this is his latest tape wasn't as good. I, I don't know. I still have hope for him. I'm not saying he's going to be a star, but I, I, I'm i excited. He's one of my most excited quarterbacks to watch this year. I think he's got a chance to be okay. I like him coming out of school. If he comes out a year earlier, he's at least – two rounds higher, right? Third rounder. People were talking about him. He was the first round, like this yeah. point, in this point before his final college season, people had him mocked in the first round in their way too early mock. Draft. Yeah, absolutely. The McShays of the world and all those guys that do that had him as not a lock. Nobody ever does that, but in every first round mock this time of year. And I wonder, I'm looking at, you know, where quarterbacks are drafted in 2021, I bet he goes ahead of Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond, who went 64 and 66 overall. I don't think he goes to top 15 with Mac Jones and the other guys. But, yeah, I mean, there, I think there's something there. And worst case, you put Brissett in there and you still are competitive. Yeah, and it's nice to have a, a, a guy like Brissett that mm-hmm. is helping your young quarterback or knowing that, oh, this was a disaster, but we can win. Let's let's move Brissett back into that starting lineup, and who knows? Yeah. Maybe Brissett still wins the job out of training camp. But you know, the, these kinds of things aren't done. But they're giving Sam Howell a legit shot, and, and I like the path. Mm-hmm. I do too. And you can Next. get out of it after the year anyway. I mean, if it's a disaster, uh, oh, it's the easiest thing in the Kyler Murray or whatever. You know, right? right. You, you got some huge not... contract, and it's convoluted. It's hard to get out of. This is the right. easiest possible thing to get out of. This isn't trading for Russell Wilson and you're married till death do you part. You know what right. I mean? It's you get go get somebody else next year. 
And then maybe they are trading for the Russell Wilson of whoever's available in the 2024 offseason. We'll see how it goes for Washington. Uh, if, if the new owner team. says trade for Russell Wilson, you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tyler Murray. Right, right. I'm an owner of a business guy. I want butts in the seats. I want. Uh, I didn't buy a football team not to have the best quarterback I can find. I think that's what happened to Carolina. I'm sick of mm-hmm. going through the Mayfields and all these guys. Go up to number one and get me a quarterback. I'm tired of it. Speaking of Carolina, we got a little question about that in the chat. And uh, what about Detroit, Detroit Lions fans are still mad at us, Matt. So we've got to address uh, one of those next. Thank you once again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. If you want to get involved in one of these mailbags, just hit us up on Twitter at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Uh, same handle at BD Peacock on threads for me. And you can always drop a comment on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Let's go to the chat here first. This is from Tommy. He says, am I crazy to say Carolina had a real shot at winning the division? Uh, Has a real shot at winning the division. Only spots on the team I'm worried about are quarterback and wide receiver. Well, Tommy, unfortunately, quarterback's the most important. And man, uh, what a story that would be if Bryce Young is so good so early that that's not a problem for you. Because the defense is ready to to make a playoff run. Uh, and if the quarterback is ready, I don't see why you can't. But then again, the quarterback could be kind of ready. And who's he throwing to? So that, that's, that's a mm-hmm. tough one. Quarterback and wide receiver, isn't you can't even say it's the only spot. Because that's massively important. So anyone that's listened to me, us, I've said, boy, it's going to be a long year for this Panther offense. And it's going to be massive growing pains. And I still believe that. I mean... They could use DJ Moore. I mean, clearly, Bryce Young could use DJ Moore. I mean, I would consider signing New Hopkins or you know making you know, making a run like that. Um, I will say that Matt Rule was in way, way, way over his head, and they have a better head coach now. And they had a better head coach when they made the change in the season, and the team looked much, much better. Getting Matt Rule out of the building, I'm not just picking on him, is a very good thing for this team overall. And I'm with you. I still think it's going to be a long year. But could they win this bad division? Yeah. And if Frank Reich pieces together the weapons, Hayden Hurst, Terrence Marshall, who flashed, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Mingo, who I'm high on, and Chenault, you know, make Chenault your Cordero Patterson type dude. You might have enough weaponry if the, the, the rook doesn't look like he's in over his head. It's going to have to be a lot of running the football, getting the ball yeah. out early, catch and run type stuff, and in, in um, and you hope that works out. In reality, the way I would put it for Carolina, and I think there's a lot of similarities, right, with Reich and and Doug Peterson and going and mm-hmm. getting a quarterback number one overall. They're probably a year away from where the the Jacksonville Jaguars were last year. So I think next year, let's talk about this a little more. And then you're hoping by year three for Bryce Young, you're where the the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are right now where we're projecting them to, to go win their division and, and maybe be a team that's that's really on to something. Yeah, and I want to double-check this too because we know they don't have a first-round pick next year, but they have a very high perc- – there's only two teams above them in available cap space right now, and next year they're like eighth or so. So if they roll over a big chunk, they're going to have 70 to $80 million. And if – we know Young's going to be the quarterback – you spend half of that on two receivers or a tight end, you know, like it's not, I can see this thing turning around quickly. I don't know about this year. What about DeAndre Hopkins for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. I threw that name out there and I think it would be great, but unlike Adam Thielen, 
he's a notorious bad practice guy. You know what I mean? Like, do I want to bring that in to Mingo <laughs> and Bryce Young? And yeah, I want DeAndre Hopkins and his crew on game day for sure. But if he's hard to get along with or selfish, and I don't know that 100%, but I, he's known as a bad practice guy. He doesn't practice hardly at all. I'm not sure that's the culture change you want with a rookie head coach and quarterback. I mean, right. And young wide receivers in, in that. Right, group. right, right, right. Learn from the try-hard guy and then uh, and go from there. And, yes, yeah. Tennessee still feels a lot better for DeAndre Hopkins because they just need that talent right now on their roster if they're trying to compete, which it seems like they are. But they could be a team that makes the Tyreek, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs trade next year. You know, next like if, Right, yeah. Go get that big receiver. You lost D.J. Moore. You got to replace yeah. that. So go make the move, and you have the uh, you have the cash space to do it. Yeah, maybe T. Higgins. I, I mean, I'm just throwing names out there. Maybe you could get a receiver for a nice price, you know, or for a big All price. Right. Who cares? Matt, uh, look, I'm going to blame you on this one. Uh, uh, I was the one that was tagged here, and you were not. But Mario says, brother – Tell me it sounds exactly like we should blame you then. <laughs> what do you blame me for? They didn't... Our most popular YouTube podcast on our on our very young YouTube channel still. Uh, and by the way, we're still trying to grow that thing. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, one of the biggest shows was, I think, hate watching from D- Detroit Lions fans. In the comments, was all Lions fans mad about your assessment? Not mine, Matt. Your assessment on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Mario, though, only tagged me in this one after listening to one of our pods. He said, uh, at BD Peacock, brother. So tell me exactly how the Lions will not be as good an offense when they had the worst injury luck last year. I'm confused with you and Williamson on that one, my guy. So he dropped a brother and a my guy on, mm. on me in, in, in this comment, but he did add you to it. So uh, it, he was mad at both of our assessments of the Lions uh, and talking about injury luck. I, I want to start with the injury luck part of it. And obviously, this is a Lions fan. Uh, and, and Mario, you got to branch out. You got to go look at the injury luck for every team in the NFL, which is awful for every team. And I bet 32 out of 32 fan bases think the same thing about their team last year and their injury luck. And you go look at games lost and, and those types of statistics. And and the Detroit Lions aren't even top five. Now, they did have some injuries, sure, it, granted. But every team deals with injuries. That's not something where it's like, oh, they're going to be super healthy this year and their offense is just going to take off because their offense was already good last year. Like Jared Goff, what's he going to throw for 5,000 yards this year? Well, since you're going to throw me under the bus for <laughs> he's coming after me, even though he didn't even tag me, I'm going to side with the uh, our Twitter friend here. You know, wow, my, okay. In one regard, I just pulled it up because I wanted to double check. According to Football Outsiders, only four teams on offense were more injured. So the Jets, the Cardinals, Denver, and the Rams. So I guess they did have their share, plus a Jamison Williams suspended. Or no, he was injured too. Now he's suspended. Right. So, okay, I didn't think of them as an injured. So he was injured last year. Now he's suspended. Is he going to be – how much more is he going to give you? He's probably going to give you more once he comes back. But is that enough Mm -hmm. to – Again, like Jared Goff had some of the best numbers of his career. How much more is there for him? Is you know a few more games of of year two after suspension, Jameson Williams uh, enough to to like explode on offense? I, mm-hmm. I'm just they were already good on offense, and if they're really good on defense, they're actually going to be they're going to be have less. They're, they're going to throw the ball less and and have fewer yards on offense. I tend to agree. I mean, like any metric you look at, the Lions were a top five offense. I think they were even two in EPA, especially if you just look at the second half of the season. I mean, they got better and better and better and better. 
So I do think it's going to be a very good offense. I still have massive, I have big questions about the defense. So first, the good. I think their offensive coordinator is a superstar in the making. I think this is a top two or three offensive line. That's a great place to start. And St. Brown is Keenan Allen. I mean, he's a star as well. And Goff is fine. I don't even look at quarterback as a question mark. What worries me is the plexiglass principle. Usually when you take a huge step forward, you take a smaller step back and people will know you better and things of that nature. And I think Laporta and Gibbs are both quality pass catchers for their position, despite being rookies. But talking about Hopkins, I'd be in the mood for that. This is a team I think that should go that direction. Like for until Williams comes back and who knows what you're going to get from him, you're counting on Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones, Khalif Raymond. You know, like I'm looking at their wide receiver depth chart besides St. Brown. It's really bad. Like as bad as there is in the league. And part of it is like you just you just hit the nail on the head. And this isn't me saying the Lions are going to be bad or that their offense is going no. to be bad. It's just that how, they were already really good. How much better could they be? You know, you get a few more games from some offensive linemen. Uh, you get a few more games sure. from Jameson Williams. But, it, you know, is Goff like literally like you, you think Goff's going to throw for 5,000 yards? Uh, right, is, right, right. Who's going to have more rushing touchdowns than Jamal Williams' 17 rushing touchdowns? You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, is, is Amonra St. Brown going to have more than 106 receptions? You know, he's going to have 104. Probably not. 25 receptions? He's going to set a record for receptions in a season? So that's where I was like, where they were already really good. So, you know, are they going to just be by far the best offense in the NFL? So that's why I'm a little bit surprised that, um, that, that he that Mario was so mad at us about saying that an already good offense wasn't going to be like just you know miles ahead this year because it just it doesn't work right. that way. No, it doesn't. And I just pulled it up. They were sixth in EPA for the season, which is you know really really good. Do we are we suggesting that they're going to be one or two? You know, like are they better than the Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, et cetera, et cetera? And I just did the second half of the season. They were third. They were only behind the Chiefs and Niners. You know, like. It, there's there's nowhere to go but down. I mean, can they maintain that offense? They might. I'm betting they don't. I bet they're 10th. I bet it's a good offense, not one of the highest scoring in the league. And what if St. Brown misses two weeks or something? Like, the pass catchers worry me. Especially because right out of the gate, you don't have that dynamic weapon that you thought you were going to have in year two after you drafted the injured guy last year. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll see what they do with – Gibbs and, and how that all comes together um, was uh, the offensive coordinator is Ben Johnson there. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. he got some head coach interviews, didn't he? This, this I offseason. Think so. I don't that, think he's going to be there long. Wasn't that his first year though? As a I think so. Like his first year coordinator turned things around, really innovative, smart, supposedly a great interview. You may only get one more year of coach Johnson there. Yeah, so maybe, um, maybe there's a little bit more there. Do they go from five or six in EPA to, you know, number one? I don't know. Do they go to number four? You know, you can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they get better with the second year under Ben Johnson or do, do teams start to figure that out and, and the adjustments to the adjustments and see what that period is like. So earlier on in the season, a lot of feeling out, uh, you know, in the second half of the year, I think they could be really rolling, but they're going to, teams are going to go to the tape and those defenses are so good at figuring things out and, a year two for Ben Johnson, that he's going to have to have some new wrinkles because teams are going to have some ideas on how to defend him. And I understand the extreme optimism and excitement for Lions fans because they have not had a lot to cheer for a long time. And they should be excited. This is a fun team, and I'm rooting for them too. And hard knocks last year, and their head coach is fun and biting knees and all that great stuff. 
But and they should be the favorite in the North. It's a bad division. I just don't see them on the same tier that others do. I think they're more like Seattle than they are Dallas, the Niners, or Philly. You know what I mean? Like, right. I would be sort of shocked if they're an NFC contender. But I could see that. I could write that story. And, and we're having a little fun with Lions fans, and especially Mario today, because there's been so much pushback with us. But it's funny because we'll say something nice about the Lions, and they're mad that we're not saying something even nicer about them in some cases. And then some cases we're like, I don't know, they got better, they got some good draft picks, but you know, long term, don't really love the strategy. And, right. and they get mad at us. That's what they're mad at us about in, in a past podcast. Um, and so I think it's just you know, Lions fans are excited about their team, and they should, should be. be excited about their team. That's where I'll leave this one. And a lot of it did the hate started with we wouldn't have used those draft picks the same way. But that that conversation has sailed. They got good football players in the draft. They're going to help them immediately. I like their chances in the North. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not sure if I'll pick them or not even in the North, but I bet I pick them as a playoff team. I just don't think that they're a tier one team in the NFC. You know, I I think they're more like the Jags or Seattle, like go in the right direction, you know. Appreciate everybody who jumped in on the live chat. We'll be doing it every Thursday, our live mailbag episodes, a noon Eastern hour. So tune in for that. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.